All right, if you have your Bible, go to First Chronicles chapter 16. As we said, uh, we, our, our uh, crew yesterday was small, but we had a great time. And uh, we, we kind of expected that with uh, doing this in the middle of you know, an ongoing worldwide pandemic. Um, but uh, you know, we, we, had a, we had a fantastic time learning about God's faithfulness. So this morning, I just want to kind of bring you in a little bit to what we talked about yesterday. And in 1 Chronicles chapter 16, um, we, have a, we, we have King David praising God for his faithfulness. Uh, this is a passage that, that's most likely a summary of what he wrote down in Psalm chapter 106. So, so in Psalm 106, um, we, in, in 1 Chronicles chapter 16 here, in the three verses that we have this morning, we're going to see Psalm 106, verses 1, verses 40, verse 47, and verse 48. And so this is almost like a, like a summary passage of what David wrote in Psalm 106. And let me kind of set up the context here for what's happening and, and why David is, is um, reminding himself and reminding his people of the Lord's faithfulness. So uh, as the capital of Israel moves to Jerusalem, David sends for the Ark of the Covenant uh, to, to come and be in Jerusalem, kind of the, the capital of God's people, the, 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 this city that was set up to make known the presence of God on the earth. And the, the Ark of the Covenant, which in the Old Testament symbolized the presence of God, especially if you go back to the book of Exodus. And so the, the Ark of the Covenant comes into the city. Now, this wasn't without trouble, because back in 1 Chronicles chapter 13, we're told that, that the oxen that are carrying the Ark stumble, and a man named Uzzah reached out to steady the Ark and was struck dead because he touched the Ark, which you learned in Raiders of the Lost Ark, right? You don't look at it. Some of you got that. All right. Uh, um, and so, so Uzzah reaches out to steady the ark, touches it, and is struck dead. And, and this really bothered David. This really distressed him. And so you can imagine his relief when, he, when the ark finally reaches Jerusalem. And in 1 Chronicles chapter 15, verses 27 through 29, uh, that describes the moment the ark arrives and how David, the king, mind you, rejoiced by dancing through the streets in what the Bible says was a linen ephod. So think um, BC underwear, okay? That's what D David is dancing through the streets because he's rejoicing that the ark of God has arrived. And in fact, in, uh, in, in I believe it's uh, 2 Samuel, his wife sees him dancing and, and he comes back and, and, and she chastises him. She says, man, you have... You, as the king, have certainly honored yourself today by your dancing. You were out there half naked in front of the, all the people making a fool of yourself. And, and if you remember this, David's response to her is this. I will become even more indignified for the sake of the Lord. He said, listen, my, my, my joy was so great that I didn't care. Now, now, that's not an excuse, right, to just go dancing wherever half naked. I'm not, I'm not, in, I'm not encouraging that. What I'm saying is that David was so overjoyed that he just kind of lost his, his uh, senses for a moment. And he didn't care 
Who saw him rejoicing? He was praising his Lord. And so we have in, at the beginning of First Chronicles chapter 16, the ark coming and being placed in the, day, in the, the tent that David had set up for it. And then, then we get into our passage this morning. So if you have your, your copy of Scripture, let's stand as we read the Word of the Lord this morning. First Chronicles chapter 16, verses 34 through 36. It says this, Give thanks to the Lord, for He is good. His faithful love endures forever. And say, Save us, God of our salvation. Gather us and rescue us from the nations, so that we may give thanks to Your holy name and rejoice in Your praise Blessed be the Lord God of Israel from everlasting to everlasting. Then all the people said, Amen, and praise the Lord. Let's pray. Father, I thank you for this morning. I thank you for the opportunity for us to gather and to celebrate your faithfulness and your goodness. May our hearts be stirred this morning as we're reminded of how good you have been to us. We ask all these things in the mighty name of Jesus. Amen. Thank you. You can have a seat. So, so here's our big idea to, for the morning. This is not, uh, not going to break new theological ground, I don't think, but it is a good reminder for us. Our big idea is simply this. God has been unbelievably good to us, even though we don't deserve it. God has been unbelievably good to us, even though we don't deserve it. And we're going to see three things in this passage that should remind us of God's goodness and lead us to rejoice in it. First thing that, that David reminds us in verse 34 is that our God is good and faithful. It says, give thanks to the Lord for he is good. His faithful love endures forever. David rejoices in God's goodness and his faithfulness to his people. As I said at the beginning, remember what the ark signified. It signified the presence of of God. This was a visual, this was a, a, an object lesson that God was dwelling among his people. It was a visual confirmation of the promises that God had made to his people and seeing them fulfilled. See, at this moment, I think, I think as David looked back over his life, he saw the hand of God all through his life. Let's just recount some, some moments throughout David's life up to this point. You might remember as a, as a child when the prophet Samuel came to anoint the new king, David's father, Jesse, did, didn't even bother to bring David in because he was the youngest and he was the smallest. And, and it's almost like, as you read that passage in, in 1 Samuel, it's almost as though uh, Jesse didn't even think about bringing David in. He had, he had older sons that were stronger, that looked kingly. Yet as Samuel's go, going through them, and the, the Lord is just saying to him, no, not this one. No, not this one. No, not this one. And finally, Samuel's going, look, I don't know if I got the wrong house or, or whatever, but just, you, you know, just for the sake of asking, do you have another son? And, and Jesse responds, well, yeah, there's David out in the, out in the field, but I mean, he's, he's the baby. You don't, you don't want him, right? And Jesse brings him in, and the Lord says to, Jesse, to Samuel, don't judge his outer appearance. 
For the Lord, for man looks at the outer appearance, but the Lord looks at the heart. Remember that God led David while, while he was still a teenager, maybe, maybe a young man, to defeat the Philistine giant Goliath with just a stone, while the rest of Saul's army, one of the best trained armies on the face of the planet at that time, the, the rest of them were too scared to fight. But David trusted the Lord would fight for his people, and he did. After that incident, as you might imagine, David's popularity increased greatly. And Saul, the king, felt threatened by this young man and tried on multiple occasions to kill him. And God continued to protect him. David saw God's faithful hand all through his life. Now, later in his life, after this incident, David sinned grievously against the Lord. But the Lord would continue to be faithful to David, not because David deserved it. And and understand this, the Lord's faithfulness to you is never because you are that awesome. It's never because you're so good that God's like, wow, wow. So glad I created this individual. No. His his goodness and his faithfulness to us is based on his character, not on ours. Remember our big idea, the Lord has been unbelievably good to us, even though we don't deserve it. So this morning, my, my prayer for us is that we would take stock of the Lord's faithful love to us, that that might lead us to give thanks. Romans 2.4, Paul asks just simply this question. Now, now he's writing this to Jews living in Rome, and keep in mind that Jews in the first century really thought they were a cut above everyone else. And they were Jews after all, right? They were still God's chosen people. And, and Paul takes the book of Romans, especially the introduction to basically cut their legs out from under, their, their self-righteous legs out from underneath them and level the, the playing field. And he asks them this, or do you despise the riches of his kindness, restraint, and patience, not recognizing, get, get this, not recognizing that God's kindness is intended to lead you to repentance. God's kindness to us is intended to lead us to repentance. Our God is good and faithful. Then, verse 35, David is reminded of how God saves. He's reminded that our God saves. And this is what he says in verse 34. Uh, I'll back up to verse 34. Give thanks to the Lord for he is good. His faithful love endures forever. And say, save us, God of our salvation. Gather us and rescue us from the nations so that we may give thanks to your holy name and rejoice in your praise. See, David had faith that God would save his people. Because of how David had seen God's faithful love shown to him in the past, he trusted that God would continue to be good and faithful and to save his people. As you saw, our theme for Family Day yesterday was anchored, deepening faith in God. You know, this has been a year. Well, we could just stop there, right? This has been a year. <laughs> 
This has been a year that's tested a lot of people's faith. Maybe unlike any other that we've experienced collectively as a, as a, as a society. As we've talked before, 2020 so far has been unrelenting in its assault on our way of life. And, and by the way, we still have three months left, right? I mean, we, we don't know what the, the, the last three months of this year are going to hold. And, and as I've shared before, I think it's exposed some idols in our lives. I know it has in my own life. And, and yet, when, when we're faced with adversity, when we are faced with a disruption, sometimes our first response is not to trust God, but to begin asking questions about where God is. The, the, one of the great things I love about, this, about the Bible is that it gives us examples of that as well. If you read through, especially the Psalms, uh, I, I'm always struck by how raw they are. David asks hard questions. Um, Psalm 102 and, uh, 101 and 102 are a great example of this. Okay, look, look at this with me. So Psalm 101 verse 1 says this, I will sing of faithful love and justice. I will sing praise to you, Lord. Okay, I'm going to sing to you, Lord. I'm so, I'm, 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 uh, you're, you have faithful love. You are full of justice. I'm going to sing praise to you. Let's go to Psalm 102. Lord, hear my prayer. Let my cry for help come before you. Do not hide your face from me in the day of trouble. Listen closely to me. Answer me quickly when I call. I will sing a faithful love and justice. Why aren't you listening to me? Listen, I love Scripture for many reasons, but one of them is that it doesn't cover up the struggles of the heroes of faith. It doesn't cover up the, their doubts and their, their shortcomings. All of that's exposed because none of them is supposed to be the hero of the story. You've, I think you've heard me say this before, but every year as, as I begin the uh, kind of the read through the Bible in a year plan, like you start reading through Genesis and every year my, my eyes bug out as I, as I read about these heroes, these patriarchs, as we've call, come to call them, of, of the faith. Because they had issues, big issues. They, they did really bad stuff. And yet God used them. Because they trusted in him, not because they had their lives together and perfect, because they trusted in him. And because the whole point was not how great they were, and the point is not how great you and I are, but how great God is. If it's been a while since you've read through Hebrews 11 especially, I, I, I'd encourage you to do so this week. Just take Hebrews 11 and read through what, what we might call the Hall of Fame of Faith, some of the, the pillars of the Old Testament. Be encouraged by their faith in the middle of struggles as they trusted God who would save. And then, right, so, so the end of verse 35 here in 1 Chronicles 16 says, and say, save us, God of our salvation, gather us and rescue us from the nation so that we may give thanks to your holy name and rejoice in your praise. And that takes us right into the last verse in 
the passage before us this morning, verse 36. Blessed be the God of Israel from everlasting to everlasting. See, as David considered the Lord's faithfulness and goodness to him, he broke out in praise. Now, we are about to enter the holiday season. Okay? Thursday is October 1st. I know it's crazy to think of. Which means Thanksgiving Day is eight weeks from Thursday. Okay? Now, you, you've, you know my affinity for Christmas. Um, and given 2020, it may get bumped up a little bit this year from my, from my normal November 1st deadline. I don't even care, right? You can judge me. I don't, I don't, I don't really care this year. Um, need chestnuts roasting on an open fire and hot chocolate. and I don't, yeah. but, but here's the thing. I, I'm afraid that sometimes we, we give Thanksgiving a little more than a passing glance, right? Um, Thanksgiving is the start to the, to the holiday season. See, I've always argued that in the way I do it, Thanksgiving is kind of halftime, and, and halftime is, is usually a big deal, right? It's, so, so the, and and as, I, as I consider Christmas, it makes me thankful. So there's my excuse. Um, but isn't it ironic that, that every year we'll spend Thursday counting our blessings, and then before dawn on Friday, we'll get into fistfights over a new 65-inch TV, Thank you, Lord, for all the things that you've given us. We're so thankful for everything we have. <laughs> Get your hands off that TV, right? And so this, this season, one of the things that I, that, that I want to lead us to do is an extended time of, of thanksgiving, an extended time of considering how God has blessed us. Um, really quickly, let me kind of walk you through what the rest of this year is going to look like, at least from a sermon standpoint. Next, next week, we're going to start in Acts chapter 2. And uh, we're going to look, we're going to spend five or six weeks looking at the early church in Acts chapter 2, verses 42 through 47, and how they went about their daily lives following the day of Pentecost. I think we're going to be encouraged and, and probably challenged as we, as we see how the the very first followers of Christ operated in a culture that was pretty hostile to them. And I think we're going to see some parallels between that and our day. And that'll take us up to, right, right, almost up to Thanksgiving. And then for Advent this year, we're going to focus on Isaiah chapter 9, verses 2 through 7. You, you'll know that passage. It's uh, people walking in darkness have seen a great light. A light has dawned on the people in great darkness. For unto us a child is born, unto us a son is given. We're, we're going to focus on that, on that passage. So really, starting next week until the end of the year, we're going we're to focus on two passages of Scripture, Acts chapter 2 and, and Isaiah 9. What I hope this does is awakens us, maybe, maybe in a fresh way, to who our God is and then what he's called us to do as followers of Christ. Certainly as we get into the, the Advent season, we see that our God is a God who keeps his promises to his people. And so I know this is the last Sunday in September. And yet, even now, could we turn our attention to giving thanks to God? 
maybe especially this year, when it's so easy to grumble about everything that we've lost and, and, and everything that's so different from anything else in any other year that we've experienced. And, and as I dare say, over the next month or so, as, as um, the, the tensions within our culture here is in, in, in this nation are not going to go away, we can be people who grumble. We can be people who worry. Or we can be people who have faith and focus on the blessings that we have and the goodness and faithfulness of God that is far greater than anything we deserve. Put a verse in here as, as we begin to wrap up. First Peter 1 Peter 1.3 which is really just a verse of thanksgiving that Peter writes. And, and this, is a good, this is a good time for us to pause and consider this. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. Because of His great mercy, He has given us a new birth into a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead. Blessed be the God and Father, because of His great mercy. Again, mercy is getting something, right? That we, or it's, it's not, getting some, not getting what we deserve. Not getting the punishment that we deserve because of His great mercy. He's given us new birth into a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead. So listen, believers, no, no matter what else happens this year, no matter how crazy things get between now and November 3rd and whatever's going to happen after that, this holds true. Whether your preferred candidate wins and you feel like we're, we're going to be living in a new utopia, or, or if you think it's all falling apart, this holds true. Regardless of who's in office, regardless of what happens with the Supreme Court, regardless of whether or not we can go sit at a football game or in a movie theater, this holds true. He's given us a new birth. This is where our hope lies. And so I would remind you again of our big idea. In, in, light of, in light of this, in light of the fact that God has given us a new birth, God has been unbelievably good to us, even though we don't deserve it. So we wrap up this morning. One of the songs that, that we sang yesterday is the Old Rugged Cross. And so uh, we're going to sing that as an invitation. And yes, it's going to be on the, we're going to have the video from yesterday, all right? But let, let us be reminded of the grace of God shown to us in the Old Rugged Cross. How God sent his only son to take our place. To die the death that we deserve. so that we might be moved from death to life through Christ Jesus. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for this morning. Thank you for the wonderful day we had yesterday. Thank you for the, the boys and girls who were a part of that, and I pray they were 
They, they learn some lessons about your faithfulness that will stick with them for a lifetime. And I, I pray even for the adults who are there that we were reminded of your faithfulness. May we never doubt your goodness to us in, in a world where it's so easy to doubt so many things. May we cling tightly to the promise that you love us, to the reality that you have moved us from death to life if we are followers of Christ, and that nothing, nothing can separate us from your love in Christ Jesus. We ask all these things in the mighty name of Jesus. Amen.